afternoon, everybody. We are back. Our City Podcast, <clears throat> Episode 4. And this is our All-Star Special Show. We are, of course, going to talk about the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the Mets for a little bit. The Mets bullpen did it again. For those of you who didn't see it, Friday night's loss to the Phillies. We went into the ninth, up 2-1. to one. Callaway brings in Edwin Diaz to lock down the save. And Diaz blows it. And the Mets end up losing 7-2. to two. After going into the ninth, leading seven or excuse me, two to one. This bullpen has I you really have nothing to say about it anymore. They entered Saturday entered today. I'm recording this on Saturday, it'll be up on Sunday. They entered today's play Saturday with an eight point zero one ERA combined in the bullpen since May twenty seventh. Diaz specifically is 0 for 4 with 6 saves, 4 blown saves, and an 11.20 ERA over his last 5 outings. This was after, or this is before, or I should say, after this game, reporters were asking Mickey Calloway if they would consider removing uh, Edwin Diaz from the closer role, and he said no. At the same time, Maybe it would be beneficial, but also to counter that as well, who are you going to put in the closer role? I mean, they got nobody in that bullpen that you can trust. Seth Lugo would be one of the top choices. Seth Lugo or Familia would be the top two choices if if Diaz were to get taken out of the closer role. Lugo entered Saturday or today, I should say, with an 11.12 ERA over his last five outings. Familia on the season is a 7.76. Just came back from an injury uh, on Friday as well. And Diaz has a 5.67 ERA overall in the year, but his strikeout rate is 14.9 per nine innings, which is fourth among major league pitchers with at least 30 innings pitched. So he's striking people out. He's getting people out. It's just they're missing. Kelly said it's about location, citing both faulty mechanics and a lack of confidence as the reasons for Diaz's struggles. He's throwing everything over the heart of the plate, and I don't care if you throw 98 or throw a really good slider. If you throw the ball in the heart of the plate, you're going to get beat up, which is exactly true. Diaz is getting beat up. You leave balls right... And that's not just with Diaz with any pitcher in baseball. You leave it over the plate, and every single time, they will make you pay. You know, I I would highly anticipate the Mets to go get some bullpen help. I mean, they just activated Justin Wilson and Luis Avilan from the injured list. But uh, Wilson and Avilan pitched, I believe, one out last night. And Justin Wilson hasn't pitched yet since coming off the IL. So, who knows if those guys are going to be beneficial at all. You don't know that for certainty. But I highly would anticipate that the Mets would be active at the deadline. I read from Buster only yesterday that the Mets are waiting to get closer to the trade deadline to see where they stand. If I were the Mets, 
We might talk about this as we get closer to the deadline, what I think they should do. But I definitely would consider them right now in the middle of buying and selling. I wouldn't go full-blown sell mode, but I wouldn't go all in, if that makes sense. I tweak a little bit around the edges to see if I can remain competitive for this year and definitely try and get ready for 2020. But a lot of that, again, depends on how, where they are at the deadline. Certainly, they're going to be going after bullpen help. Reports have shown that they're interested in Shane Green and Joe Jimenez, both on the Tigers. I think both of them would be at least one of them. Obviously, they're probably not going to get both of them. I think both of them would be great additions to the Mets bullpen should they be able to to acquire them via trade. The only problem with acquiring either of those guys is that, especially with Shane Green, it's going to cost you a lot. Uh, Shane Green has a 1.5 war on the year. He's 0-2 with a 1.09 ERA, 22 saves, 34 strikeouts, and a whip of .88 in 33 innings pitched. He's one of the top relievers in baseball right now who's definitely going to be the most sought after reliever at the deadline for any team. He was named to the All-Star this year, the first time in his career. And on the flip side, Joe Jimenez, he was a first-time All-Star last year representing the Tigers. A little bit of a different story for him. 2-6 on the year with a 4.96 ERA, 1.34 whip, and 49 strikeouts and 32 and two-thirds innings pitched, and a war of negative 0.1 on the year. But he's shown he can be dominant. Last year, he had an ERA of 4.31, but obviously he tailed off a little bit the second half. The first half, he was absolutely phenomenal. But, I mean... You can't go wrong with going after guys that have had proven success. Because it's better, in my the way I see it, I feel like it's better to get someone. Let's take Matt Kemp for an example. The Mets signed Matt Kemp. You're getting a guy who's proven he can be successful at the major league level as opposed to bringing up, obviously Matt Kemp has not been with the Mets yet this year, but you avoid bringing up a, minor, a random minor league outfielder that you have no idea how they are going to pan out at this level. So it wouldn't hurt the Mets to bring in a guy like Shane Green if they were willing to give up what would be needed to give up or go after a guy like a Joe Jimenez or Jimenez. Excuse me, but a lot of that, again, will depend on where the Mets feel they stand going into the uh, trade deadline. Now, before one more thing I want to touch on before we get to our All-Star Game predictions. Brody Van Wagenen. For those of you who have not seen yet, check out the New York Post or just type Google search Brody Van Wagenen. You'll find it everywhere now. Reports came out that after the loss on Friday to the Phillies, 
Mickey Kelly called all the coaches into his office, all the Mets coaches, and they talked about, and they talked about, you know, typically, you know, like what went wrong and all that stuff. Brody said he typically does this with players and coaches. But apparently this one was a little heated. At the end of it, the reports say Callaway was told to go conduct his, quote, effing press conference. And Brody Van Wagen also reports have shown that he threw a chair across the office room. That is not something you see ever in Major League Baseball. I I just read this for the first time about an hour ago, and I could not believe what I was reading. That actually the Mets, that would someone in the Mets organization would do something like that. Now, Brody did not deny or um, come forward, per se, about what happened, but... He did say we have staff meet staff often. We let me start back. As a quote, he said, "We as a staff often meet with coaches and players throughout the course of the season. I am not going to give the specifics of any of those meetings." So that tell so that basically says we have coaches meetings every so often. I'll have meetings with players every so often. We just talk about what's going on and all that, but I'm not telling you what we talk about. Fair enough. Obviously, he's not going to want to come forward and say he screamed at his coaches for the awful bullpen and how things have been going completely backwards of what they wanted. He's not going to come forward and say because of that he whipped a chair across his office. You know, I've met Brody. I met him at the Syracuse when the Mets did the... Syracuse practice before opening day and I took a selfie with him and I just overhearing him talk with fans and then just watching the way he acts just trying to imagine him getting angry and throwing a chair across his office it's not something (laughs) that I can think of very clearly it's not a very clear picture in my head but as you can tell from top to bottom Mets are frustrated. You know, Brody goes out. He brings in Wilson Ramos. He brings in Robinson Cano. He brings in Edwin Diaz. He brings in Jed Lowry. He brings. He gives Degrom that contract extension. All these moves he's doing, Degrom obviously has been phenomenal. He's an All Star this year, but Cano and Diaz, Ramos, all of those Lowry. None of those guys have panned out. You know, Cano's batting 240. He's got only four homers. Adani Echevarria has better numbers in half the at-bats. And Echevarria was just signed as a depth piece in the minor leagues. Diaz has an ERA of almost six. He's, he's not been the dominant... Uh, Edwin Diaz that we've come to know and love when he was with Seattle. And considering you gave up a ton of talent in Justin Dunn and Jerry Kalenic to get these two guys and have neither of them pan out, 
is frustrating to watch. And then Wilson Ramos hasn't been... He's been good, but he hasn't been the best. And then Jared Lowry, we don't even know what... We don't even know if he's alive right now, for all we know. You know, it's one thing, and then next... Right now, he's... Last time I checked up on Jed Lowry, he has not started baseball activities. He's still out, yet to make his Mets debut. Just when he started to rehab, and then he gets hurt again. So, obviously, Brody's frustrated. I keep saying obviously, but it's pretty clear that he's frustrated. Brody's frustrated. Mickey's frustrated. The Mets players themselves are hiding it very well, but you can definitely tell they're frustrated. Fans, Mets, hashtag Mets Twitter, shout out to them, are very, very frustrated. I mean, it is tough. You don't want to talk bad about your team, but at the same time, when your team is getting in fights with reporters and throwing chairs across the office and the bullpen's blowing games left and right, I mean... You can't help but talk. I mean, it's fr- it's it's tough. That's really all there is to it. You really can't say nothing much about it, nothing else about it, because it's not going to, I mean, yeah, there's blame to go around on all parties. It's on ownership and the GM and Brody for not fixing the problems. It's on Mickey maybe for some of the decisions he's made, and it's on the players for you know, they got to perform at a major league level. I mean, uh, Brody brought in those guys. They weren't. He wasn't anticipating Edwin Diaz to have an ERA almost over six. He wasn't expecting Cano to be batting 240 with four homers and, I believe, 13 RBIs. Wasn't expecting Jed Lowry to be almost at the to be at the All Star break. Probably won't be doing anything until at least the trade deadline, and yet to have his Mets debut. There's such high hopes coming into the year, and with those guys coming in as well. And the only bright spots have been really Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. And you can make an argument also JD Smith or JD Davis and Dom Smith have been good, but. You know, it's it's just frustrating. It's That's really all there is to it. We'll be able to talk more in depth about certain things in a later episode. But this episode, all about the All-Star Game in Cleveland this year. A bunch of replacements have been added because of injuries to players. And then, in, and then replacement players getting injured. And then their replacements coming in. It's a whole deal. So I want to go through in each league. We'll go by each league. Who was voted for the All-Stars in each league. So we'll start quickly in the AL. Uh, Gary Sanchez, Carlos Santana, DJ LeMahieu, Alex Bregman, Jorge Polanco, Mike Trout, George Springer, and Michael Brantley. And then at the DH spot, Hunter Pence, who is injured. So he will be replaced. And then the reserves for position players, James McCann, Jose Abreu, Daniel Vogelback, Tommy Listella, Brandon Lowe, Glaber Torres, Matt Chapman, Xander Bogarts, Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, Joey Gallo, Austin Meadows, 
Whit Merrifield, J.D. Martinez, and the pitchers for the American League include Jose Barrios, Shane Bieber, who was added today as an injury replacement, Aralis Chapman, Garrett Cole, Lucas Giolito, Shane Green, Brad Hand, Liam Hendricks, John Means, Mike Miner, Charlie Morton, Jake Odorizzi, Ryan Presley, Marcus Stroman, Masahiro Tanaka, and Justin Verlander. Now that's just half the mouthful. We still got the National League to cover. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that on this list that were elected as a starter but are missing the game due to an injury. They were, they're injured right now and they needed a replacement or their replacement got injured and now those guys got to come in. There was a lot of that. There's a lot of it in the National League too. You know, starting lineup for the National League, you got Wilson Contreras, Freddie Freeman, Cattell Marte, Nolan Arenado, Javi Baez, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Ronald Acuna Jr. And I'm going to say the reserves and the pitchers all together in one mouthful for the National League, so bear with me here. Yasmani Grandal, JT Realmuto, Pete Alonzo, Josh Bell, Max Muncy, Mike Moustakis, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rendon, Paul DeYoung, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, David Ball, Dahl, Jeff McNeil, Sandy Alcantara, Walker Bueller, Luis Castillo, Jacob DeGrom, Zach Granke, Josh Hader, Clayton Kershaw, Hinjin Ryu, Max Scherzer, Will Smith, Mike Soroka, Felipe Vasquez, Brandon Woodruff, and Kirby Yates. <sighs> that was a mouthful and a half. But I just wanted, for those of you who aren't able to see or haven't seen yet, I wanted you to be able to see who the All-Stars are this year. I think MLB got it right. I really do. I mean, MLB and the fans, I should say. There's nobody that was picked that I disagree with. I mean, there are a couple guys that are missing from the uh, that I feel like could have made you could have made the argument that they should be there, but they aren't. You know, I think Alex Gordon had a, is having a very good year with uh, Kansas City. I think Juan Soto is having a really good year with Washington, though it's a little downgrade from last year, but still think he's been very good this year the list goes on and on you could talk about all sorts of snubs but I think for the most part I agree with every guy I mean I also would have put a lot of uh, support towards Austin Riley he's already got 16 home runs on the year that's incredible but you know there's other guys that made made the cut and maybe you can make the argument they shouldn't have but for the, for a lot of the guys I agree with who they picked for the Mets representing them we got Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil and Jacob DeGrom Pete Alonzo definitely still has a chance to start the game as the NLDH Dave Roberts as far as I've seen has yet to announce it but he has announced the starter in Hinjin Ryu of his Dodgers, which I think is the right choice. Hinjin Ryu has been great this year. He's 10 and 2 with a 1.37 ERA, 80, 99 strikeouts, excuse me, and a .91 WHIP in 109 innings pitched. Also has a WAR of 3.7 on the year. 
an ERA plus, which is is ERA, but it's also adjusted because of ballparks. You know, if you hear fans talking about the ballpark factor, you know, in Colorado the ball flies. You got the short porch at Yankee Stadium. There's all sorts of ballpark factors that people take into consideration. And ERA plus is what that statistic is for. His ERA plus on the year is 242. He leads all pitchers in the league, in the nation, in the National League and all of majors. All of the majors with a 2.42 ERA plus, and a strikeout to walk ratio of 9.90. He leads the league in both those categories and in ERA, of course, but, but rightfully so, deserves to be at the All-Star Game. It's his first All-Star selection, deserves to be starting as he is. Great selection by Dave Roberts. What I think the All-Star Game... I learned a lot last year while watching it. I liked the players on the mics. I know um, two years, was it last year? Last year was in D.C. With Charlie Blackman on the microphone, you know, talking in the, outf- in the outfield during the game. Stuff like that I love about the All-Star game because it, gives a f- more fan experience. You know, it's a game now that they're not playing for home field advantage in the World Series anymore. It gives the fans something to look forward to in the All-Star game. It's not like, excuse me, just a meaningless game. It actually means something, and it's a, a chance for the fans to experience the players firsthand like that. It also lets the players show their personality a little bit, have a little fun, not have to worry about, you know, oh, we're playing to win, playing to win. You're just having a nice game for fun, which I think is great for the sport. Uh, My prediction, the AL won last year in extra innings. It was home runs galore. I anticipate it'll be a little tougher for that in Cleveland, but I do think that based on the lineup, I think the NL will take the win this year. I just I just that starting lineup I think is for the NL is just better. It's, I mean, it's really hard to compare when you've got all-star lineups and one of those lineups has Mike Trout and the other one doesn't. But it's it's tough, but I got to stick with the National League mostly cuz I'm a Mets fan, but I've always stuck with the National League. I, de- I think they will win this year. I predict, I have a score prediction too. I say 7-5 to five and it goes 9 innings. Doesn't go into extras. I think 7-5 to five, the NL wins this year. As Speaking of All-Star Game festivities, the day beforehand, by the way, the All-Star Game will be on Tuesday, or yes, Tuesday at 7.30. On Monday at 8 is the T-Mobile Home Run Derby. Eight sluggers, three rounds, $1 million on the line. Eight contestants. And round one will feature the top seed, Christian Yelich. Or actually, let's. I'll just tell you who's in it first, and then we'll go over the chart. 
the contestants are Christian Yelich, Pete Alonso, Josh Bell, Alex Bregman, Jock Peterson, Ronald Acuna Jr., Carlos Santana, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. So round one will kick off with the top seed Yelich against the eight seed Vlad Jr. Also feature Bregman versus Peterson. Pete Alonso of the Mets is the number two seed against Cleveland's own Carlos Santana, who, even though he's a seven seed, he's got the home crowd on his side, so don't expect him to go away quietly. And then Josh Bell will go against Ronald Acuna Jr. The average age, this is what I found amazing. The average age is 25.43 years old, making it the youngest group in home run derby history and it is the first time ever that multiple participants will be under the age of 22 wow I could not believe that when I wrote it I was kind of surprised to see Vlad Jr. in it considering he only has 8 homers you know I saw oh Vlad Jr.'s in the derby I was like wait he's only got 8 homers and you got you know, Jay Bruce has over 20, Daniel Vogelback and Joey Gallo. You got big sluggers like that, Mike Trout. Where are those guys? But then I watched a video the Blue Jays post on Twitter of Vlad Jr. practicing for the Derby, and my goodness, he is going to put on an absolute show in the Derby. That was something to watch. And that was just in batting practice, just getting in batting practice. It was unbelievable how far he was hitting the ball. But I got stood up. I thought it was kind of a bad move to having him in it, but I think he's going to do absolutely phenomenal. My predictions for the Derby, uh, obviously I got Pete Alonso winning the whole thing. Uh, but I have Vlad Jr. beating out Yelich. I got Bregman beating out Jock Peterson, and I got uh, Josh. Actually, I'm gonna go with Acuna over Josh Bell as much as I love Josh Bell. And then I got Alonzo beating Acuna, and Vlad Jr. beating Bregman, and I got Vlad Jr. and Pete Alonzo in the finals. And of course, Pete Alonzo, I got winning it all. Pete Alonzo also said he was going to be donating if he wins the million dollars to charity. Good props to him for that. Great move on his part. Pete Alonso's got 29 homers on the year. Mets rookie record for a single season. And also, he is third all-time for rookies with home runs before the All-Star break with two games left to play. So hopefully he can hit that 30 mark before the All-Star break. Right, He's still on pace to break Aaron Judge's single season all-time rookie record, which I believe is 52. But it's shaped up to be a fun couple days in Cleveland. And like we said in the last episode, then there'll be two days off and then the Mets will be opening up the second half on the road. Looking to get things going again. I'm excited for the All-Star game. I hope everyone else is too. Before we sign off for this episode, there are two things I want to address on a more serious topic. First of all, uh, I want to send our thoughts and prayers to Tyler Skaggs, his family, his teammates, the entire Angels organization, and their fan base. For those of you who don't know, Tyler Skaggs is a pitcher for the Cleveland, not Cleveland Indians, still in the All-Star game. He's a starter for the Los Angeles Angels, 
He tragically passed away earlier this week at the age of 27 in his hotel room. Just heartbreaking stuff to see. It's just awful seeing stuff like that happen. But again, we wish or we send our thoughts and our prayers to Tyler Skaggs and his family. We also want to send thoughts and prayers towards Carlos Carrasco, who, like I said before, I'm recording this on Saturday. It'll be up on Sunday. Earlier today, he announced or came forward that he's being treated for leukemia. Obviously, nobody wants to have to go through that, and it sucks seeing you know, MLB players have to go through things like this. But he's, um, he said earlier today that it's under control and he'll be back with the team at the end of July. So that's great to hear, though. It's hard to hear the news that he has leukemia, but great news to hear that it's gonna he's going to be fine and everything's under control. So we want to send our thoughts and prayers towards both Tyler Skaggs and Carlos Carrasco today. So that's going to wrap it up for episode four, Our City Podcast. We talked about the Mets. Brody Van Wagenen apparently likes to throw chairs. And All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, we're getting some hype up for it. So hopefully in Cleveland, we're going to see another spectacular. On Wednesday, I will do an All-Star Game recap episode. And we'll also do, in that episode, we'll do a prediction of we'll talk about predictions and all that for the second half for the Mets. So thank you for tuning in for episode four of the R City Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, leave them below for us and we'll answer them to, to the best of our abilities. Make sure to give us a follow on social media. All those will be linked in the description below. As well as the web link for TSJ 101 Sports, like I mentioned previously the website I write for about the Mets and hopefully the Mets get this thing squared away get some sort of momentum going into the second half we hopefully we'll see a great all-star series in Cleveland and another beautiful second half of baseball once it comes about thank you for tuning in episode four of the Our City podcast we hope you enjoyed let's go Mets